know he probably wants it to end there. <laughs> but would you put your hands together and let's wel- welcome Bishop Boniface Odoye. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan and the congregation. Um, it's always a delight to come to Evangel and to um, be ministered to. And uh, this is a home away from home because where you have the family is where you have your home. And uh, when Pastor asked me, I, I said I will stick to the series that you are teaching because as a pastor, I was a pastor teacher for many years. I'm not an evangelist who moved from place to place with the same sermon or their most favorite. Um, I'd want to learn, dig myself into whatever scripture that I'd been given. But we, I delight in Quebec. Quebec is a great province. But I had not visited the Quebec city until some weeks ago when I discovered that I'm a saint. St. Boniface. And the whole place is full of St. Boniface roads, St. Boniface cathedrals, St. Boniface. Wow, I came from there delighted that I'm actually a saint, beautified before I'm dead. And so today, let's stick to, to our text. Because I believe that the pastor prayed before you went into this series and he knows the needs of of his church. And so um, having been one, sometimes it interrupts when you have many visitors in the city and and they take up the space and you don't flow with the needs of the congregation. And so pastor, I'm at home uh, preaching whatever you have. And Mark 7 That's where our lesson comes from, 14 to 23. Now, we have it there. I I was debating on whether to read it or not. Maybe in the next service we will, but it's right there. You've been having it in your books throughout. So I'll skip reading it and, and summarize. Our ministry back home has a slogan, Christ is the Answer Ministries. And one night we woke up and found that somebody had scripted below it, what is the question? And the question today is very simple. What defiles a man? Now, that's inclusive of women. You know it. And Christ answered. Not what enters a man, defiles the man, but what comes out of a person. What was the question? What defiles a man? Who answered? Christ is? Amen. Amen. So the slogan is right. There are five entry points into a man. You know that. We have the five senses that God has given us. The, the, the 
hearing sense, the sight, the touch, the smell. And here we're dealing with the taste, sense. That's where we'll concentrate because each entry point into a man uh, makes the man or the woman. And we deal with the taste sense that helps us consume food. And I will not deal with the, with the others. They have their own consequences. So we'll concentrate and ourselves on what Christ dealt with. And he dealt with defilement. What defiles a man. And the Pharisees had come up with various rules and regulations and laws concerning what defiles a man. Uh, what is unfit. Defiling means unfit to approach God. You would be defiled or called unclean if you ate certain foods or if you associated with certain people, including the dead, the sick, the defiled, you are unclean. In other words, you could not talk to God, even pray to God, or rather they interpreted it that God would not hear you if you are unclean. And you had to wash your hands, do certain rituals before you could get to God. And so, including wearing certain clothes. I know some people here would be unclean. So, declaring all foods unclean was a radical uh, declaration at that time. Jesus comes to the scene and declares that you can eat anything in any way as long as it passes through the, the mouth <laughs> talking about food <laughs> not through the nose you know there are people who smoke through the nose and, and Paul comes on and says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 25 eat whatever is set before you without Asking questions. In other words, when you're given food, eat it without asking questions. And First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 and 3 says, The last days are coming or will come when people will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons and forbidding to marry. You hear that? And and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. In other words, people will say, oh, those are forbidden foods. As it used to be, you could not eat a bacon. <laughs> or bacon. Yeah. You could not eat bacon. And... If you visit China, don't ask questions whatever you eat. <laughs> I have visited China myself. And um, you would be advised to follow Paul's instruction. Otherwise, if you know what you just ate, you would vomit. And you know, vomiting is a sickness. Did you know that? 
It's called anorexia. And anorexia kills. Because the body is denied of the nutrients that it requires to function. And so just eat what you set before you without questions. If you visited Kenya, we eat crocodiles. Very sweet meat. Very sweet. Try it. If you visited Congo, don't ask questions. And so all foods were declared clean, without question. And so we, we, got, we got to, the, to, to our study and what Jesus declared. I was leading a Bible study back home, and we came to this text. And one clever chap asked me, Pastor, didn't the first sin and defilement come through eating the wrong food? And that set, set me thinking, and all of us, we said, uh, let's, let's look at the Bible a bit closely. Uh, that first sin, was it a result of eating? What was the root cause of that first sin? So we, we, we looked at what motivated Eve, Sister Eve, in eating that food. And what caused Eve to eat the fruit was motivated by, not by obligation, not by hunger, because she was not hungry. There was plenty to eat from, if it was a question of choice. There was plenty of food. She was not hungry, but she had everything that she needed there. She was motivated by the possibility of becoming like God, being like God. And the fruit was beautiful for, to behold, and it was desired for food, for God knows that on the day that you shall eat of the fruit of it, your eyes will be opened, knowing what is right and good and knowing evil. So sin did not come through to the world through eating. Sin came into the world by a heart of disobedience and indulgence. Now the body is a servant of the mind. It obeys the operations of the mind and responds to the, to the thoughts that is generated by the mind. So the eating, the mouth was just responding in what was already uh, in there. She, she looked, she desired, and the motivating thing was that she would become like God, knowing good from evil and being clever. Your eyes will be opened. And so, as I no longer blame Eve, or Adam for that matter, for the action that she took. Because we are no better. Some years back, 
I suffered from um, a mild heart attack, or rather, the, the heart attacked me. <laughs> and the doctors put me on a strict diet. It was very simple. Boniface, son of Adoyo, thou shalt not shalt eat anything that is grown, that grows from the ground, anything that has wings and flies, and anything that swims in the waters. But thou shalt not eat anything that crawls on all fours. Very simple. And fortunately or unfortunately, that instruction was given to my wife. And as I continued on the diet, I really loved my English breakfast. Bacon, eggs, and sausage, escorted by a toast, <laughs> and rolled down with Kenyan coffee or Kenyan tea. You can't beat it. I loved my nyama choma. Here from Kenya, a sweet goat roast meat. And once in a while, I would sneak out. <laughs> now, men, confess your sins. <laughs> and spoil myself. That's what you call indulgence. I would indulge myself. Even though I knew that it was not good for me, that I would say once in a while, which sometimes can become all the while. Now, if you've been on a diet, don't blame Sister Eve. I no longer blame her. And so, the sin that she committed was not obligation. We all have that within us. And the self-indulgence is what motivates us to do beyond. Paul said, all things are clean. But is this indulgence that causes people to be drunkards, gluttons, and all that there is that comes from within. Not that we lack anything, because God says he has given us all things freely to enjoy. And so what causes all this that comes from within is indulgence. Self-indulgence. Smokers, you don't need cigarettes. The cigarette packet says that cigarette smoking does what? And there are people who are killing themselves not because <laughs> it's, it's needed, but it's indulgence that enslaves. So, from the heart, it comes from the heart, not the food, not all things. It disobeys all the rules that you know are right. It gratifies the flesh. 
St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 12 and 13, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. In other words, I'll not be enslaved by food. I'll not be enslaved by anything that is good and lawful. Because God created all things and he said they were good. Including food. Food is good. Appetizing. You know, when you, when you are hungry and you feel the smell in the kitchen, you want to go and test before it is put on the table. That's what men do. So foods. Food is for the stomach and the stomach is for the food. But God will destroy all of them. And St. Boniface says, don't let the doctors spoil your enjoyment. <laughs> Only don't overindulge. And so we, we now consider becoming clean. Now that all foods are clean. How does one become clean to ensure that what comes out of him is clean? How do we make sure that what comes out of the heart is clean? David cried out in Psalm 15, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, you can't do it. However much you write your New Year resolutions that you're going to be clean in the heart, you can't do it. What you need is a clean heart, a recreated heart in all of us. I, I, would, I would try to write my New Year resolutions, including uh, dieting so that I may keep my shape if I have any. And, and before March, or before January ends, you find that all of them have gone down the drain. And so the solution to man is to keep a clean heart, is to cry out like David did. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and, and renew my, the right spirit within me. In our dispensation, God is in the business of creating new hearts. Removing the heart of stone and putting in the heart of flesh. A heart that is sensitive to what God instructs us to do. As the doctor instructs you, we have a great God who created us and knows what is best for us and gives us instructions. And so we need a near renewed heart, a recreated heart to be able to to clean the heart from within. And what was it? Said the renewing will get a, a renewed heart, a clean heart. Um, Paul, Paul is the one who said you become a new creature. That's what God does. He cleans you from within and gives you a new heart and you become a new creature when he recreates the, the heart within you. You have a, a clean 
blood washed heart that now seeks to input or to give out a clean heart. And victories attained by the right thoughts can only be maintained by watchfulness, which is Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring issues of life. That's how to retain and maintain the cleanness from within so that when you speak and when the body or the mouth responds, it gives out what is in the heart. And one verse also says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. All that the tongue speaks is what has been stored. Sickly thoughts express themselves through sickly body. Impure thoughts will soon affect the nervous system. Did you know that? Anxiety demobilizes the body that you can't do anything. You know. And habits of thought will produce their own fruit. Out of a clean heart comes a clean life. Out of a clean heart comes the issues of life. Out of the belly flows what? Rivers of living waters. Where do they come from? Inside. From inside. Out of a defiled heart comes sicknesses and impure life and, and all that, that, that is vile. And it says it defiles the body. So guard the source. We are told to guard your heart. The, and out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, what does? The mouth speaks. So if you want to know what somebody is made of, Listen to what they say. Now, I was, especially drivers. We have drivers here. Who drive, do you have job, traffic jams here? I was in a traffic jam. And, 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 and this guy overlapped, came and overlapped. And the barrage of words that came from the other driver. You know, you, you would wonder. Now, when I peeped, I saw he was a member of my congregation. <laughs> and he was cursing and saying, you fool. And you know, the Bible says, if you call anybody a fool, you're liable to, you risk being thrown into hellfire. You risk. Man, I, 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 I pretended I didn't see him. <laughs> Now, I'm sure it's the same, especially when you're driving and somebody comes and crashes in your car. You come out. What, what you're made of comes out at that time. I found driving to be a risky thing for hell. Because <laughs> it produces what, what the mind has kept in the heart, what people are made of. If you have a clean hand, 
It is a different thing. It says, guard your heart. The, sec the, the third thing is renew. No, not the third, the second. After what makes you clean. One, guard your heart. Two, renew your mind. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The mind is the factory that processes what is stored in the heart. What the heart stored pass through what? The, the mind, the brain. And so to be reproduced at an appropriate time, either of provocation. Why do people quarrel? Why do husbands and wives quarrel? That's also where you discover what has been keep, kept in the mind, in the heart, rather. Now, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. I'm reading Proverbs 10, verse 31 and 32. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. There's another scripture that says that if you sense in a speech of somebody that there is no wisdom, run away from him. Now, depart, leave him. And so the mouth of the, of the wise, uh, righteous, speaks wisdom. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. And renewing your mind means that you keep taking stock of what, had, what has been stored in there. Constantly renewing your mind, you take stock of what you have kept stored in the heart. When we take Holy Communion, I don't know when you, next, next week? Next week when you take Holy Communion, before you touch it, the Bible cautions us. Examine yourself. What is examining yourself? Examining yourself is going deep down where you stored all those things that will defile you and bring them out, throwing them out, cleaning your heart, taking stock of, of what defiles you. If, if you are quickly angered, if you are hot-tempered, you, you check there. You know, when the hot temper says, that I'm mad with you. When somebody says I'm mad with you, it's actually a temporary insanity. <laughs> they have gone mad. And, and those things that give you temporary insanity, you have to thrash them out in self-examination. Then that is renewing your mind and engaging the mind in finding out what you have stored and checking it out and removing it and re throwing it out. Because the tongue is only a vessel that 
delivers the contents that is inside the heart. And it, it, it says, do you want long life? Do you want to live long? The question in Psalm 34. Who is the man or woman who desires life and who loves many days? Not just good life, but long life. Good and long life. It says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. It's, it's not just this. You keep the inside and so the tongue is well kept in check with a burglar-proof door. Because it, 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 it says that be a watchman over the, 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 my lips and a guard over my tongue. Watchman and guard. Those are two, two areas before they get to you, to the heart, or before you throw out, the lips are already guarded. And so that gives you long life, long life. As I said, the tongue only delivers what is stored. And so what were we we're saying self-examination? And I would end with this, that if we would, as, as a church, as a congregation that has come together this morning, we would check within the heart what we have kept. Constantly, because the Bible says renewing constantly. Because a time will come of provocation, and what you didn't remove, like dynamite, will explode. And those who are near you will wonder, which church do you attend? Where do you go to? And, 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 and if your pastor happens to be next, <laughs> he will not be happy with you. And so to this morning... As we come to the cross of this, of this uh, Bible study, I would just want us to examine what causes us to be unclean and uh, dig out your nature. What is your nature? You don't say, that is just me. What is just you is meant to be renewed and, and, and given a clean heart and a new spirit and, and a new creature within. That's what will help you be clean from within. Shall we stand and pray? Now maybe a few minutes for you to, to just dig out from within your heart. This is nobody's blame. You can't blame somebody. You can't blame your wife or, or, or the children or your condition or circumstance. You have to deal with your inner self first before we can, we, can, we can be clean from within. Hallelujah. Loving Father, we thank you. We thank you that you give us instruction to check ourselves, to examine ourselves. Lord, to store within us things that will not disappoint you or disappoint us. We thank you for the instructions of your word. And we come to you as unclean. And by the cleansing of your blood that died for us, 
that was shed for us rather you desire that we be clean from within we come for a cleansing the cleansing fountain for the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin I pray that we may live the Christian life that we profess and that we may produce the fruit because the end result is the fruit of the Spirit the end result is character the end result is people who know you we pray that you will give us that fruit Well, thank you, Bishop Adoye. So we sang in worship, uh, set a fire. You know the beautiful thing about that imagery of God is that the fire burns away the chaff. And, you know, my wife is great at purging things when things get too cluttered in our home. Um, you know, I think this is a great message to say we should purge our hearts maybe even this morning. Just allow those things to be burned away that... They don't, they're not helpful. They're not, they don't build good fruit in our lives. Uh, that was a great uh, challenge for all of us to examine our lives. And so as the worship team just sings this song, Set a Fire, I invite you to, you, know, you don't have to do this, but I'd invite you, just hold your hands out in front of you and just say, God, this is all of me. Just burn away the chaff. So the stuff that's unnecessary, the stuff that's unholy, the stuff that pollutes my soul, I don't want it. And I, I want you to, to take that away. Just go ahead and hold your hands out in front. And worship team, you just lead us in that song, Set a Fire. And then we'll close the prayer in just a minute. But take a minute now in the context of the service and just allow God to purge you. Allow Him to, to, to exam, examine your heart, bring it before the Lord. And let those things be consumed that are not fruitful.